2: plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans plan features and taxes and fees may vary
3: listen to every MLB game live the deep left center field it is high, it is far, it is gone stream minor league affiliates
4: the Midwest League home run leader
5: Happy Friday and happy March 1st, everybody. We are in the month of March, and pretty soon March Madness will be kicking up. Right now, though, we are talking NFL Combine, getting ready for NFL Free Agency about to kick off. Man, oh, man, so so much NFL, the offseason, still a busy time of the year, as always in the NFL. There's really no downtime, I think, except when you get to, like, Right before training camp, Charlie, it's like those dog days of summer, as they call it, yeah. when there really isn't much to say about the
6: NFL. Like the start of July before, like, late July <laughs> when it comes around. But other than that, yeah, the NFL is year-round.
5: Uh, the NFL combine going on right now. All the quarterbacks were taking the podium today. Obviously, we've been talking about going one, two, and three, a very big possibility. Caleb Williams, Jaden Daniels, uh, Drake May. Is that going to be the case when – Will Jaden Daniels end up rising to the number one spot? It's a possibility. Uh, Don't put anything out of question. But uh, Daniels was pulled aside by CBS Sports Radio and got to catch up with him. Here's what Daniels had to say in his interview. All right, we're here with LSU
2: quarterback Jaden Daniels, uh, one of the most exciting players in this draft. And I was just talking to you about the incredible season you had. Um, When you see these quarterbacks come through year after year and and you – Are interested in their journey the first thing i want to talk to you about is your dad had you watch tape on all sorts of quarterbacks not just lamar jackson not just tom brady but you were watching guys like joe montana yeah. Uh, explain to me that process, what you learned from watching the old school guys and how that correlates to the game you play, because you play a new school sort of quarterback at, at, at sort of what we're seeing in today's NFL. Yeah, he showed me when I was young. So, uh, you know,
7: part of it I remember, part of it I don't. But, uh, <laughs> you know, I kind of go back and watch stuff now yeah. as I get older. But, uh, you know, just how cool Joe was. You know, Obviously they call him Joe Cool. Uh, you know, in the big moments, he, he never blinked. Uh, every time they needed uh, needed him to, needed to play, needed, relied on him, you know, he went out and made it. Yeah, that's exactly what he did during the course
2: of the season.
8: I'm really curious, just to kind of get into the combine process. First of all, just confirm for us who you've met with as far as teams, and then which of those interviews stood out as far as a question you were asked or something you were asked to do during the interviews?
7: Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of met. Uh, with a lot of teams. You know, the the, the teams that need a quarterback, uh, you know, obviously the the top three in uh, Atlanta, uh, Denver, New Orleans, Vegas, and and things like that. So I want to say it was like just one team that that stood out. But I I love when I went in and everybody's just energy. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody gave me the energy uh, and it, it's, it's dope, you know, to be a part of the experience and, and be able to go out there and, and talk football with uh, NFL coaches, you know, something I dreamt about. So it was kind of like a surreal moment for me
2: walking to each room. Yeah. It's a surreal moment for me. And I would imagine Joe too, watching you play. Cause I went back and looked through my notes. Uh, and even before I tell that story uh, yesterday, we had on the edge rushers and we had a couple of Alabama guys come through here, Dallas Turner, who you know because Dallas Turner knocks you out of the game when you are about to beat <laughs> you guys are about to beat Alabama. And he and Chris Braswell both said, uh, who's the toughest quarterback you face? And the first words out of Dallas' mouth was, Jaden Daniels was a problem. And I went back and watched uh, the Florida game, and you ran for 50-plus yards. Then you threw that dot down the field, 60-plus yards. And it just comes in waves with Jaden Daniels in terms of how dangerous he is. And when I watch you play, I see a lot of Lamar Jackson in your game. Is that something you – sort of pattern yourself after or is there no sorta of comp for Jaden Daniels? No,
7: nah, I don't like
2: I don't like comparisons. Okay. Uh,
7: you know, Lamar is Lamar, I'm me. Uh, but we do have some similarities. I will say that. and um, Dallas Turner was a problem too. So, <laughs> yeah,
8: he so, was. He was. Yeah. So I'm curious, you know, as people are trying to discern which quarterback they take first, obviously among the top three or whoever it may be obviously in that group too. Uh, what do you feel like puts you in front? You know, we've heard the Orlovskys and people say you're a better passer, you know, or what have you. But beyond just that, I also want to see how much you qualify, how uh, a player also handles pressure, because that's one of the traits I feel like is a it is is a distinguishing trait even for me.
7: Yeah. I mean, I've done with pressure my whole life. Mm. Um, A lot of people don't make it out from where I'm from. Uh, There's a lot of talented people. Uh, but, you know, they go down the wrong path. And, you know, I, I give credit to my, my family, my supporters, and you know keeping me on the straight path. Um, so without them, I wouldn't be in this position. So, you know, I've been dealing with pressure my whole life. So uh, wherever I get drafted, if that's number one, if that's number 32, uh, obviously the pressure going to come. You know, I'm a first-round quarterback, rookie quarterback coming in. All eyes going to be on you, especially nowadays with social media and stuff like that. And people, uh, everybody has an opinion. So uh, for me, I'll say kind of what separates me, is i probably have to lead that up to teams but you know just the adversity i've been through uh the, my playmaker ability and there's a lot of great guys out there it's a lot of great it's a tough decision to make obviously you know you got caleb drake may j.j mccarthy michael Penix, those guys so uh they're all worthy of it so we'll see on come draft day who goes first are you always the fastest guy on the field
2: i, yeah, I try to be I, i'm like are said, you faster than brian thomas Oh, I'm faster than Brian I'm faster than the league neighbors. So Let's talk about those guys because those guys are two dudes. Those guys both have a chance to be in the first round with you. Tell me uh, how important were they to the success that that offense had in the passing game because uh, you throw it up and they felt like those guys were always coming down with it. Yeah,
7: I will say uh, first and foremost, without my linemen, I wouldn't be here. So, you know, thanks to my guys back at LSU. <laughs> That's smart. Well uh, but without them, obviously, I'm throwing the ball. They don't catch it, you know. Uh, we're not sitting up here talking. So. Right. Uh, they're very, they're very, I needed them a lot. Uh, we needed each other and we pushed each other each and every day in the off season. Uh We all had the same common goal. You know, we want to be great. We want to be the best offense in the country. Uh, you know, we, we wanted to be, you know, first round talent. So uh, without them, you know, I wouldn't be in this situation.
2: And, you know, we pushed each other. So uh, those are my brothers, man. All right, Jaden, while we'll you get out of here on, the, on an easy one, we're going to have you build the ultimate quarterback. I'm going to give you some categories. You can tell me which quarterback, current or past, best fits the description in your mind. All right, you ready? Okay. Arm strength. Mahomes. All right, accuracy. And you can double up if you need to. Brady. Rushing ability. Lamar. Toughness. Toughness. Hmm.
7: Josh Allen. No, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying, to, I'm trying <laughs> to go different. I'm trying to go different. He's one of them for sure. Toughness, Yeah, I'll give it to Josh. I'll okay, to Josh. that
2: is a tough one. Uh, size.
7: Size. Uh, see, you uh, just. You can double yeah, up. I can double up. Yeah. I can double up. I'm going to give him uh, Josh Allen, too. Leadership. Tom. Okay. Yeah, see, you can
8: double up. so good. uh <laughs> that, <that's laughs> There a, are that, no wrong answers, there are James. No wrong answers. Listen, we appreciate your time and joining us here, and, uh, you know, good luck with the rest of your combine process. Thank you,
5: guys. That was former LSU quarterback Jaden Daniels, Heisman Trophy winner, talking to CBS Sports. I thought it was pretty funny when he's talking about how he's faster than the LSU wide receivers. I'd, I'd be curious to see what they'd have to say about
6: that. I need a race. <laughs> there now. you go. Like I need a race, Malik. Nabors, at the pro Brian day, we we'll make Jr. it happen. Yes, yes. Well, they already had their pro day, but at, you know, go at the combine, just have some fun, see who's really the fastest. I don't know who. I, man, it's it's tough to pick. who I would choose in a race between those three guys. They're all so fast.
5: Uh, going to take a break and step away when we get back. Talking LSU baseball as they get ready to take on Texas tonight. We'll be having that game for you on WWL and the Odyssey app. Currently in the top of the sixth inning. UL Lafayette leading 3 to 2 over ninth ranked Vandy. We'll see if the Cajuns can hold on here. Keep giving you updates. We'll be right back with more right here on WWL.
0: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instagram
5: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Talking baseball, and happy to welcome in Cokie Riley, LSU baseball and football writer for the Times-Picayune and the Advocate. Cokie, are you in Minute Park right now, or you
6: haven't gotten there yet? Cokie, you watching the
5: Cajuns
3: uh, beat I down can... the
6: Vanderbilt, <laughs> the Vanderbilt Commodores right now. <laughs>
3: Um, I'm not in the stadium, but I can see it from my car. Like I'm, uh, I'm parked right now. And, uh, I, I do not want to be too noisy for you guys on the outside because again, we're in the old city here. So, um, but, yeah, I can see minute. Maid park from here. So appreciate
6: yeah. it. I, I kind of overemphasized the beat down. It's a three to two game in the top of the six. So we're probably going to see the game <laughs> start around, you know, I would imagine seven thirty to eight o'clock with this highly anticipated, as you kind of said yourself, Koki, the best non-conference matchup LSU will play all weekend An opponent in the Texas Longhorns, the number fourteen team in the country, and the pitching matchup tonight, Cookie, you were right on that too. Luke, Hol- Luke Holman gets the start for the Tigers, and he's going against uh, LeBaron Johnson uh, who, for Texas, who was a second team All American pitcher last year. He's off to a great start again this year. I think we're going to see some excellent pitching tonight.
3: Yeah, um, I expect a really low scoring game, and whoever starter comes out first, I think that's going to be like a big indicator. Um, I know Texas heading into the year had some had some, I guess, some questions about their bullpen. So I think if LSU can get Johnson out of the game, you know, by the fifth or sixth inning, I think that's a good sign for LSU. Um, But they're going to have to rely on uh, Luke Holman in the meantime quite a bit because uh, Holman's been their best starter, and uh, he he should be the guy getting the ball in this game. But at the same time, like, this is a big task, right? I mean, Texas is easily the best team LSU's played so far this year. So it's going to be a really fun matchup, and I'm I'm really excited to see how, uh, I I guess, every – how LSU – just sort of reacts to you know you know on, on each side of the ball.
5: Before we delve more into the Tigers, Koki, what do you know about this Texas Longhorn squad coming into this matchup?
3: Yeah, uh, not the greatest offensive team, but they have some veterans in the order, and they should be a little bit stronger offensively than they were last year. Uh, LeBron Johnson, uh, as you mentioned, um, very, uh, very, very talented starting pitcher. pitcher. Their starting pitching and really their pitching in general has been excellent this year. Uh, last weekend against Cal Poly, they shut them out in all three games in a sweep. Um, didn't put up a ton of runs in that series, but it didn't matter. Uh, and, uh, yeah, I, I mean, and they also swept St. John's on Tuesday. I believe, and they also beat St. John's on Tuesday, excuse me. So, uh, yeah, this is a pretty good Texas team and, uh, definitely, you know, a top 15 ish team in the country and it's just a quality test for, uh, LSU today.
5: Okay, I know too. Uh, Jay Johnson spoke about how uh, there's a lot of LSU recruits in the area. He expects attending the game uh, to, and that you know, hopefully, the action that they see entices them to stay as uh, college uh, recruits and not end up going to the MLB.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean, Kaden Arimeve is uh, is definitely a name and a big catcher and uh, somebody that. You know, could really help out LSU next season with Travinsky and Milazzo um, out of eligibility. So, um, I, I guess you hope if you're LSU, maybe this game can help convince a kid like that to come to LSU and not um, go straight to Major League Baseball, which is uh, something that could very well happen with, with a kid like Cade because he's just that talented. And that's kind of the, that's kind of good. That's going to be kind of the theme um, if we if we're looking forward to the summer, right? Because uh L S U has the number one recruiting class in the nation in twenty twenty four, but we don't know how many of these guys are just gonna end up um going pro anyway. So I think that's gonna be a big question mark um as as we uh r- once the season ends. But I guess for now there's still a long time before between now and June or July, right? So um but t- you know, tonight's a, uh tonight's gonna be good is a good recruiting uh, it is a good night. It's a good opportunity for you know, some good recruiting for LSU, and Johnson's talked about that a good fit so far.
6: Cookie, I know that this is looking a little bit back, and I do want to preview the weekend in total because I think Texas, Texas State, and UL are all going to be great tests for LSU, just based off how good the Sun has been in baseball recently, and I mean kind of historically as well. But uh, looking back at what happened on Wednesday night against Rice and what Kate Anderson did, he's now 2-0 on the season. He had a season-high five innings pitch, and he had three runs. None were given up on three hits, one walk, and seven strikeouts on 82 pitches. And just what have you seen so far from the freshman left-handed pitcher? I mean, he was the number two, I think, ranked prospect in the state of Louisiana uh, coming out, and he goes to LSU. He gets the the first weekend start, the final game of the four-game series, and then he gets a midweek start for a second one. And he's looked really, really solid so far. I think you know he's going to be a name that's going to keep coming up if he keeps pitching this well as a guy that could be competing for a weekend rotation spot.
3: Absolutely, Um, there was a lot of strikes, um, and the fact that he's able to pound the zone and look this this comfortable doing it, despite being out for basically the last two years, last year and a half, due to Tommy John surgery, had his his junior year of high school. Like, it's pretty impressive. And um, if it weren't for his injury, I I think there was a pretty good chance that he would have just gone off to major league baseball because I think this kid is that talented. Jay Johnson thought that was going to be the case if um, it weren't for the injury, and the injury sort of. Opened up the possibility of him coming to LSU, and he came to LSU, and here he is, and um, very talented kid. Uh, lefty, as you said, he's a nice little curveball as well. Didn't really show that a lot in the Rice game because these because Rice had trouble catching up to his fastball. So, um, yeah, I mean, it was just a just a really excellent performance against for him against Rice, uh, which is a team that actually beat UL two out of three games last weekend. So, um, I know Rice didn't have its best pitching against LSU, and I think that's the reason why the game got so out of hand. Um, that combined with LSU, you know, having a guy like Kate Anderson, um, even though Kate Anderson is only their fourth at fifth starter, he's still, you know, his most weekend starters at that level. Uh, so, yeah, like it's um, it, he's he's just really impressive. And, and, and I can't wait to see him you know, potentially being there like in the main in the main top three of the rotation, you um, know, next year or at the very least the year after that.
6: Yeah, baseball's a little bit weird like that, Koki. I mean, you know that. But looking at this Tigers offense heading into this matchup against Texas, as we said, LeBaron Johnson, a former second-team All-American just this past year, All-Big 12 member, and that's before, obviously, Texas is going to the SEC, but he is, like, your top-line ace guy for this Texas pitching staff that, as you said, had blanked Cal Poly for three straight games last weekend, uh, which is hard to do at any level. We talked with Scott Sanders, a former MLB pitcher, and he talked about the Tigers offense – And the way that they've produced runs so far, it's a little bit different from what you saw last year. Last year, it was a lot of home runs, a lot of strikeouts as well from last year's lineup. This year, they've gotten on base a lot via the walk, via the hit-by-pitch, and just getting runners across with good hitting with runners in scoring position. Um, It's not as big of home run numbers as you may have seen from last year, uh, but I think that the Tigers are kind of adjusting to what they have on this year's offensive staff.
3: Yeah. Um, I think with this year's offense, it's about finding that consistency, right? Because they've had a lot of walks this year and they've been able to draw a good in- number of them, but you kind of expect that when you're going up against this level of competition, it's just a matter of just trying to do that consistently. Um, and th- there have been games and times this season where they just haven't done that consistently at all. And games where they've only had three hits and games where they're swinging too early and counts. And um, that hasn't happened in the last two games, which is a good sign. But you're also going up against again, like uh, Rice's, you know, uh, Rice's fourth game in six days, so they don't have their best pitching staff. And you're also going up against Stony Brook's, um, the lesser of their pitchers after four games in four days. So uh, that's so like you're expected to do that. And what they've done the last two days is what you should be doing if you're the number two team in the country or the number three team in the country, like LSU is. Um, it's just, can you do that against the Texans of the world? We don't know, And we'll see tonight. Like, that's why tonight's so interesting is can they sort of – can they work counts? Um, can they take advantage of mistake pitches? Things that last year's offense just did such a good job of, even though last year's offense, as you said, probably had more power than this year's, this year's offense. But I wouldn't say this year's offense is, like, totally power uh, – power isn't, like, a huge issue, I don't think, with them because – there's still some guys who who are at least potential double digit home run guys that have not done it before already. So, um, and when you have Tommy, well, like that helps a lot. So yeah, like I, I I'm just, it, it's just, you know, the, sticking to an approach, sticking to a plan, staying patient, you know, working at bats, uh, working pitch counts and, you know, length innings, like that's sort of like the, that's sort of the, the formula w- when it comes to LSU's offense under Jay Johnson. And, um, and, and, can, and I think tonight's a really good test to see if they can do that against some top-level competition.
6: Yeah, with LeBaron Johnson, LBJ, the you know starting pitcher for Texas, if I remember correctly, I was looking back at it, I think they faced him last year when they faced Texas in that midweek game where Gavin Dugas hit the yes. three-run home run and they won, and he went five innings pitched without giving up a single run, I think three hits allowed in that matchup against the Tigers offense. Once again, it's a different Tigers offense this year around, but what's your kind of general expectation for the Tigers heading of this game tonight against, you know, such an elite top-level ace of this Texas pitching staff?
3: Ooh. Um, I I think if you're an LSU fan, like I said, you, you hope that they, you know, work out to get Johnson out of the game relatively early. Like, you don't want him to make seven innings on, you know, 85 pitches and have him shut down your order for the entire like – that, like, that's the worst-case scenario. If that happens, they're probably losing this game because – um, it's going to be hard for Luke Holman to throw a shutout through six, seven innings against an offense against a team that's this good. So I, since it's probably going to be low scoring, your, your offense has got to get to the, to the underbelly, of that Texas bullpen. And like I said earlier, that Texas bullpen doesn't have a lot of established terms. So I'm, so I, I, I think in, in order to, you know, get some runs up on the board in this game, you, you got to get that Texas bullpen as quickly as can. And, um, and, and, I, and I know for I, – I, I almost know for a fact that Jay Johnson's been preaching that to his team the last few days.
5: Koki, as uh, Charlie mentioned early on, you called it uh, last time we talked to you with Holman's getting the start today. Has Jay Johnson said anything to the fact of having to push Thatcher Hurd's start back a day?
3: No, because um, the announcement came after, like, out uh, well after his availability yesterday, so we haven't heard anything from him since – um gotcha. but you know i i think it'll be good for thatcher to get a start against ul which is still a solid team that made the ncaa tournament last year but isn't necessarily texas so um yeah and and i think he he is trending i think generally in the right direction because i thought his second start was was better than his um than his first start so yeah I, I, you know he, he he's really talented like I, I I wouldn't be surprised if he comes the Friday night starter again at some point this season. So um e- either way though, like this is Luke Coleman's game and, and it'll be really interesting to see how he how uh he performs tonight against a really good team. And then
6: Cookie, as Gage Jump kinda continues working and his way into a full on starting role, uh you'd expect him to go against Texas State on, on Sunday.
3: Yeah. Um, I think Gage jump is probably the favorite for the Texas state game. If I had to make a guess, um, and they're going to want to, I mean, the the fact that they started him last Thursday and he threw uh, upwards of 50 something pitches, I think that's a really good sign for where his, where his, where his body's at at the moment. So, you know, they're just trying to, they've been trying to be pretty cautious with him and his ramp back up because again, he's missed so much time with the Tommy John injury. So, um, yeah, I, I, I would. That would. That would be my expectation as well.
5: Koki, looking at the uh, Tigers bullpen, and I know you just wrote about this guy. What can you tell us about Fidel Aloa? Uh, been a nice surprise for the Tigers.
3: Yes, Fidel Uyoa. Uyoya. Um, okay. Is, Ulloa. Y- yes, Yes, Uh we're Still getting used to that here. <laughs> we're gonna get it. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna get it down by the end of the season. Definitely for, for sure. If he um, keeps pitching
6: this well, absolutely.
3: <laughs> yes. Exactly. And. Yeah. I I mean, I just did a whole story on him and I, it was really, it was really interesting to see he, uh, when he first showed up at uh, Delta community college, he was kind of the opposite of what he is today. Um, His, he was still pretty talented and had a fastball up around 90 miles an hour, but um, needed a lot of physical and mental development in terms of just maturing on really both ends of that. Um, He really had never seen a weight room before. So they they got him to really sort of work on his lower half and, and just get a lot more stronger, a lot more explosive um, in his lower half. Uh, and then mentally, he just got nervous pretty easily, especially in bigger spots. And you know, if he walked a guy, things would sort of spiral from him. And um, that the staff at Delta Community College is a, it's a high level uh, uh, junior college, especially in California. So I, they did a really good job of just developing and honing his um, potential and sort of getting into where he's at today. Like, uh, before he wasn't really a strike thrower. Now he throws strikes all the time before he wasn't very poised. Now he's one of the most poised pitchers on LSU's team. So it's, it's a really cool development story and the work and the work that he put in at, at, um, at Delta community college. And, uh, yeah, so that story is out right now at the advocate advocate And I'm not going to say too, too much more about it because I don't want to spoil the whole thing. So, (laughs) Yeah.
6: Cookie, another guy that had a great performance against Rice. Obviously, Brady Neal goes two for four with two home runs. I think he's up to three on the season so far. He had five RBI yes. in that, that game. Uh, just what he's provided the Tigers' offense so far. He's been a little bit inconsistent at the plate, but, man, when he's on, he mm. is he's fantastic. Uh, and I know Coach Johnson's Exa- got high praise for him too.
3: Exactly. When he's on, he's on. And, and I think, at least for me, like I want to see him be more consistent. If you're an LSU fan, I think you want to see him just, in, you know, go a week hitting four hundred. Or go, you know, two weeks hitting uh, 50 or with five home runs, right? Like I think you want to see that consistency of that consistency when it comes to um, producing at the plates. Because so far that he's had two great games and he's been pretty quiet outside of that. And he's had a couple games here and there, um, just because you know he's a catcher and you don't want to wear out the guy early in the season. But at the same time, like I, I, I think trying to him trying to find that consistency at the plates got to be uh, that's the next step in his development to become uh, a really a really great catcher at the college level because he has the potential to do that. I mean, remember, this is a guy who could have been drafted uh, straight out of high school and decided to come to LSU anyway. Um, he's a younger guy. I mean, he came to LSU. I, he went up a grade and still got drafted despite going up a grade. So uh, it kind of gives you an idea how talented he is. And um, he's not the biggest guy, but he's – He's built, and he seems just a lot more stronger this season. The ball's coming off his bat, uh, it, you know, a, a lot more firmer than it did a year ago, where it sort of seemed like he had trouble putting the ball in the air and driving it. And, and now it doesn't seem like an issue for him at all. Uh, I mean, look at a home run that second run he had against Rice the other night. I mean, that thing hit off the top of the scoreboard. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's a very talented guy, and and I think they need uh, him, Jared Jones, Paxton Kling stepping up for for if those guys step up the season this team can easily make it to Omaha and uh he's definitely obviously he's a big piece of that trio.
6: Koki, I I'm, I'm kind of reviewing an early season trend and I don't think this might be the way for tonight but correct me if I'm wrong the first two times Holman's pitched it's been Travinsky catching him correct? Um
3: I think the first game was I don't know I think you're you might be right the first thing, the first start was definitely Travinsky, and I think the second star was Travinsky as well. So um, my, my point
6: is with yeah. Brady Neal going back to him, like even if Travinsky's catching him, you definitely want to see Neal as a DH potentially building off of what he did on Wednesday.
3: Yeah, I think you want your best bats in, in a night like tonight, where you're going up against such a good pitcher and, and Lebron Johnson, and um, and you're getting all the offense you can get in a game like this tomorrow. They'll probably go to Alex Milazzo. I mean, I'd be shocked if he doesn't start one of these three games um, or if he comes to the game late tonight just so they can close it out uh, with, with, with the extra defense. They've been to Polt as well um, for the infield and the in first. So, yeah, like I, I, yeah that, that was my expectation. If Trevinsky's catch tonight, then, then would be the DH.
5: Koki, curious about your thoughts on a guy, Josh Pearson. We've seen a little bit of pop from the bat, but he definitely struggled struggling a lot at the, uh, the plate with his batting average.
3: Yeah. Uh, again, he, he's not been very consistent at the plate um, far the season as well. Um, the worst game, I don't think it was terrible. I think I've walked maybe once or twice. I mean, everyone walked in that game, so probably chuck that up for everyone. But anyway, um, he's – yeah, I mean, he's he has kind of struggled at the beginning of the season last, the his first two years as well. And it was kind of important for him at least to get off to a hot start this year. Um, but that just hasn't been the case so far. So he's definitely going to be a guy to keep an eye out for as the season goes along. And because um, remember two years ago, his freshman year, he was one of their best hitters at the end of the season. And last year, he struggled at the start of the year, wasn't really a starter. And then by the end of the season, was starting for a team that won the college World Series and had a couple of big hits along the way. So he's a guy who sort of—he's a guy seems like who sort of gets better as the season goes along. And um, and so I, you know, if he's still struggling a week from today, I, I you know I wouldn't fret too much if I were an LSU fan. Basically,
5: that's Cokie Riley. You can check out his work at the Times, Picky You, The Advocate, and of course Nola dot com. Appreciate you giving us some time, uh, being our man on the scene in Houston.
3: Yep. It's my pleasure, boys. Thank you so much. Thanks, Koki.
5: That's Cokie Riley, LSU baseball and football writer for the Times. Picky Union, the advocate. Going to step away, take a break, be right back. Uh, Giving you a quick update, though. UL Lafayette, 3-2 over Vandy still, bottom of the sixth inning. I'm going to be sweating Uh, these final three innings. I see it's uh, two outs and Vandy's got a man on. We'll be back with more updates right after this here on WWL. Listen
3: to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is
4: high, it is far, it is gone.
3: Stream minor league affiliates.
4: The Midwest League home.
5: Well Charlie just flashing it right now on ESPN Joe's best bets in the NBA tonight Pelicans minus five and a half against the Pacers that's a seven o'clock tip off in the Smoothie King Center
6: minus one and a half in the first quarter that's interesting
5: yeah it was a brutal uh, start to that game in Indiana and obviously we talked about it earlier that the fact that they were coming off uh game two of a road back to back and uh uh, playing delays where they didn't get into the wee hours of the morning in indiana if
6: i remember correctly i think espn had a crazy stat while i was watching that game um that the pelicans had led in every game they had played this year they were one of three teams to do that until that game against the pacers they never led wow
5: yeah they the pacers like you said wire to wire
6: yeah and we're like 60 games into the season that's an incredible stat for the pels. You now, knew- they've blown a bunch of leads and you know that's been the big kind of hullabaloo with them but uh that's definitely a fascinating stat that I that I remember.
5: I was going to say you knew it was trouble when in the first quarter of that game against the Pacers. Uh, you saw players throwing it up against the backboard doing showtime and dunking it in.
6: Yeah, it it was they were on oh. tired legs, but they uh, you got to give the pels credit. They did fight back. You know, they got close. It got within, like, five points, and every time they had a chance to get within three, the Pacers would push it back out. Right. And then they did get it to three points, and then that's when, in the final two minutes of that game, Tyrese Saliburton took over. He had a nice three, and then he had two great assists, basically leading a 7-0 run by himself.
5: Talking about the Pelicans, going to check in on our Oakland Hard Jewelers talk and text line and check in with Jimmy and Gretna. What you got today, Jimmy?
4: Hey, guys. Hey, look, I know y'all are plugging the Deuce McAllister meet and greet tomorrow in Mid-City. I think at the same location, Jose Alvarado is going to be meeting the fans at that Cox uh, cell phone store right there at Bienville and uh, Carrollton. Yeah, so I just want to let y'all know. I think it, it's actually at the same time. They're both going to be there, not pairing, but. A very double dip cool of Deuce fans.
5: and Grand Theft Alvarado.
4: Nice. Uh, exactly and look charlie i know you're all amped up about ul
3: baseball all right
6: they just they, they but, gave it up jimmy it's a tie game now okay. I'm, I'm all upset it's in the seventh it's three to three <laughs> you still still, you still got some hope all yeah, there right you go I, I still do have some look, hope but here's the thing jimmy vandy's got like over a dozen, I say arms over upon dozen. Arms. they got like arms upon arms out of the <laughs> bullpen that come out and throw 95 plus they they are embarrassed me with rishes at the pitching staff and so i hope <laughs> my Cajuns can can get it run across and somehow pull hey, look, this one out listen
4: my Southern Miss Golden Eagles are playing your UL Cajuns tonight. Basketball. At the Cajun Dome in yes, basketball, all right? And we got we got a little secret surprise for y'all, a little secret weapon. Uh-oh. We're going to be pounding the donut. We just brought out a seven-footer. We're going to be pounding the court on y'all. Oh, boy. Watch out tonight. This one's personal, Charlie. All right, no, but look, all jokes aside, uh, I, look, I've been calling up WWL. I've been calling out the city. We all got to do this, okay? Because I know I'm preaching to the choir to you two guys, okay? You guys bleed sports. You bleed New Orleans sports. We got to step up for the Pelicans, all right? We got to pack out that place. Now, tonight they're playing the Pacers at home. They got $10 tickets right now. If anybody's listening, they're looking for something to do, secondary market, $10 tickets, okay? Most games are cheap unless they're playing LeBron James or Kevin Durant. Um, and, And all I'm saying here is, guys, you know, people have made excuses after excuse after excuse. Holidays, Mardi Gras, uh, Thanksgiving, the football season. Now they're probably gonna blame the NFL combine they can't go. Or they, they stubbed their toe or they gotta hang now? I don't know what's next. But the city's been basically not stepping up for this sit, for this basketball program since George Shin showed up. I don't really feel like that guys. Hey look right now and you're you're the computer chip, Charlie. This is what, in a decade, the Pelicans haven't had this good of a record this late in the season. So that whole excuse that we're not winning or they got to win first, right now we're the fifth or sixth seed. So and six seed. we're so doing pretty good. The, we're the, doing pretty good. So all I'm saying is the city's got to step up and pack it out. There's no more excuses. we got to pack out the arena, the blender, whatever you want to call it, and, and do that for the Pelicans because they deserve it. They've played well this year, and Zion really hasn't missed that many games as much as he's been labeled as a bust right. or that he's out of shape and that he uh, gets hurt a lot he's stepping up ever since he made that little baby
6: so if i'm correct with the pelicans you know uh, right now 35 and 25 record 35 wins in 60 games i believe they're on pace for about four just under 48 games 48 wins i mean um so that would be around you know what they had i want to say back in was 2017 when they had Anthony Davis and they were the sixth seed and they upset the Portland Trailblazers in the first round of the NBA playoffs and Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum and you know Yusuf Nurkic and everything like that. I think that was a 48-win team. The Pelicans have only broken 50 wins once in their franchise history in 22 years. And I think that was the 07-08 season, if I'm correct. So now the Pelicans are a little bit under that pace. We were hoping that, okay, can they reach 50 wins this year, but they've lost three of their last four games. This is a chance for them to get back in the win column. Uh, and get things going. I think it's going to be a nice crowd tonight at the Smithy King Center. It's a Friday night against a team that is exciting. The Pacers put up points. Right. We'll talk about it like a hour. Like, if you're looking at uh, the best offenses in the NBA, it is the Boston Celtics and then the Indiana Pacers. Like, as far as offensive rating, the Celtics have a 121.2 rating. The Pacers are right behind them at 120.7. Now, they don't play defense. So, you'd expect a lot of points to be scored tonight. An exciting game. Once again, I expect a good atmosphere at the Smoothie King Center, and I hope that the city does back this team because they're making that push for the playoffs right now. You want to see them get that top six seed, and 48 wins, it's going to be pretty close, Steve. We'll we'll have to see if it gets there, but – once again on pace for 48 wins we'll see if they can up it try and get closer to 50 for the second time in franchise history
5: 7 p.m tip in the smoothie king center we'll get more into Pell's talk with Ali Cosell in the six o'clock hour we're going to take a break be right back with more on sports talk after this on WWL you heard us mention at the last segment you can meet Saints legendary running back in WWL color analyst Deuce McAllister tomorrow it's the grand opening of the new Cox mobile in mid-city 330 North Carrollton just stop by say hey talk some black and gold football he can also register to win an autographed helmet that's signed by Deuce. Huddle up with the legend, Deuce McGausser. That's tomorrow, 1230 to 130 at the brand-new Cox Mobile in Mid-City, 330 North Carrollton at Bienville. Got
6: to love that, Deuce. Oh, yeah, absolutely. We got a text <laughs> on the Oakland Art Jewelers talking text line here, Steve. Pels need to stop turning the ball over and blowing 20-point leads. They also play to their competition and lose to sorry teams. That's coaching. You got kind of a point there. At the same time, though, they've been a little bit better. I was going to say, taking All-Star care break. of business, right. Heading into the All-Star break, they definitely played down to their competition. That Grizzlies game was disgusting. Right. It was one of the worst basketball games I've ever watched. And then the Trailblazers game wasn't good either. Like They played down to their competition multiple times. But then you watched how they performed against Houston. You watched how they performed against an undermanned Knicks squad. They took care of business. Right. And that's been out of the All-Star break. The teams that they've lost to so far, now losing to the Bulls, getting swept by the Bulls, that's bad. Losing to the Pacers, I can understand because of you know the situation uh, with back-to-back on the road. And then the heat loss was kind of ugly, too. So, I'm with you. Stop playing down to your competition. We need a win tonight against Indiana.
5: Going to head to the news break, and we'll be back with more Pels Talk right after this on WWL.